0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the UK Airshow Review Podcast, the podcast we started when we had no air shows to review. My name is Sam Wise, aka Sam Twenty Four, and joining me today is Dan
1: Ledwood, Ledhead Twenty Seven on the forum. And that's so you'll it. notice
0: we're we're da- yeah we're down <laughs> a few numbers today, um, but because it'd been a few been a couple of weeks since we'd done one, I think it was it was worth putting one out anyway, um, and. So the good th- and, and the good thing is that today's topic is something that Dan and I are both both really passionate about. Um, we were actually talking about it earlier in the week, looking ahead to the future, and it seemed like a good topic to discuss because it's a big part of the aviation hobby, and that is uh, aviation museums, which I think is probably something you know, most people probably end up going to at some point. Um, I'm I'm a huge museum fan. Full stop. I love museums in general. I, I think they're good, fantastic. We'll love and, a good museum no yeah and no trip away
1: abroad is usually complete without going to at least one it doesn't have to be an aviation museum just any museum but you know
0: yeah 100 percent
1: um nothing beats a good a trip away and you get to see some old stuff from a from a different country it's always quite exactly
0: yeah i i completely agree i always try and go somewhere when i go away um but particularly if i can well not particularly necessarily but if, if there's a good aviation museum to go to, I'll I'll try and do it. But but also, I've, I'll go to loads at home as well. Um, and in fact, I volunteered at a museum uh, a few years ago, which I'm sure I'd, I'd love to talk about at some point later. Um, but yeah, so so Dan and I are both both big museum fans. We've been to some together. In fact, mm-hmm. um, what maybe it's a bit of a open ended question, but what what do you think makes a good museum for you?
1: Um. I'd say a number of things. I mean, like, I, like we were saying in the last podcast, I'm, I'm quite free and easy when it comes to aviation and things like that. A- anything usually gets the juices flowing. Mm. Um, what makes a good museum? Obviously, the, the, the more that you see, the better. But that's not always the case. Like, so, like Sam's just said, he'll talk about it in a bit. Um, we've both been to the de Havilland Museum uh, at London Colney. And that's not a particular. Well, that, well, that's that's where I used to volunteer. Yeah, um, that's not. A, it's not a big museum by any means. You could you could walk around it very very quickly, um, and there's what Sam, you'll know better than me. What twenty aircraft, twenty twenty five aircraft there?
0: I mean, gosh, off the top of my head, probably something like that.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's, you, you can't spend
0: oodles of time there,
1: but I really enjoyed it. Um, I think a good museum, as long as it's something unique to see. Um, so you go to somewhere like, I say this and I've, I've still not been, meaning to go. If you go to the Yorkshire Air Museum and you go, there's the Mirage. No, Ford, I've, not, I've, I've not been. It, it's it's. I've to been to a fair a fair few years ago for one of the Thunder Days that they used to do. But meaning to go back. Cause it's one of the Europe. what? It's thunder Days. So they used to, they've got a running buccaneer. They've taxied the Victor, the Nimrod. That's at it, the Yorkshire Air Museum. Yeah, because um, okay. the Elvington runway is still... Well, they still use it for... Um, sort of Not land speed record runs, but top speed runs. Mm. Uh, they've got a Dakota that runs now. They've got a...
0: Douglas Aircraft Company transport aircraft. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tom's going to be retching now. Yeah, um, Tom's going to hate that. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, something unique like a Mirage 4, you know, there aren't any others in the UK... Mm -hmm. um so that's all it that a a good museum always lends itself to having something unique and then i can quite happily walk around a museum and not take photos and just sort of have a good nosy round which i have done in the past but a museum that lends itself to providing or giving the opportunity of good photos
0: always helps as well um is there anything unique at hendon i'm just trying to think because i obviously something unique is lovely and we all love that in a museum. But I don't think... It's certainly not a requirement. And I certainly don't think it makes a bad museum... No, if, not at all. Well that's, well, that's a discussion itself. Is there such a thing as a bad museum? But um, I don't... Yeah, it's not a requirement. I'm trying to think what... And I should know, because I should know the contents of Ending Inside Out, because I think I've mentioned it on here before that I I grew up pretty much next to the museum.
1: It depends what um, your class is unique. I mean, you've got the pre-production Typhoon, which yeah. is, I guess, unique. I mean, there Some, mentioned- And
0: a lot of the Battle of Britain stuff... Uh, I should, and this is stuff I should know. Certainly, there's stuff that is like there's one or two of it in the world. Well,
1: you've got the 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 Stuka that's there. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. You've got That's the, that's what
0: I was thinking of. The BF110. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, without going through a list of all the aircraft at Hendon, um, I'm pretty sure the Typhoon, that not the the Hawker Typhoon that's there, is the is it the only complete one in the world? The one that was in
0: Canada for a few years and. I th- and it was it went up to Coningsby for a while, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. It was in the BBMF hangar for a while.
0: Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, um,
1: and I'm sure we can talk about this later on. Uh,
0: so, so I, I I would slightly disagree. I don't think it's it's always nice to see something unique. Like, yeah. for example, I mean the Havilland Museum. I don't think there's anything in the museum that you won't see anywhere else in the world, except for the Mosquito prototype. Yeah. And there's obviously mosquitoes elsewhere and there's mosquitoes flying and it isn't, you know, that it's certainly not the only mosquito in the world you'll see but as a prototype it's obviously hugely important. And I... I, I it is the it is the mosquito prototype. Yeah, It is the prototype of it and it's so cool to see. Am I right in um, thinking
1: that that's the one that they wheel out occasionally? Actually outside?
0: Or they used to? Uh, they used to. I haven't... I think they still do. They might do. Because right, it... Uh... It depends what they're doing with the new hangar. I still haven't been since they built the new hangar. Amazingly, yeah. it's just literally just what it was until recently, just down the road from me, um, and I've still not been since they built the new hangar, which was fantastic. They did this big fundraiser, um, like campaign, to get money to build a new hangar, and it it got awarded and matched by the national lottery and all that, and it was it was a brilliant, brilliant campaign, um, and they've been able to put a lot of stuff inside mm. and modernize the museum and, and all of that. Um, they've got some really they've got do have some great stuff there otherwise. They've got uh you know, some a couple of doves. Is that Comic got one heron. Fuselage? They've got so the interesting thing about the Comic One Fuselage at the D H Museum is that it was it was an Air France one. I'm just gonna tell Buddy and one
1: sec. He's chewing a car- he's chewing a cardboard box. Buddy update for the podcast is he's making
0: Buddy, more- Buddy is is Dan's rabbit. He's That's making it, more he-
1: noise than what I am. Hang on one sec
0: <sighs> So as i was saying now to an empty screen um the the comet fuselage at the havre museum and it's just the fuselage it's, there's only no wings or anything um it was one of the air france uh, delivered air france uh, comets and after the crashes air france said they didn't want the comet anymore so they they redelivered the airframes and it was one of the airframes that was meant to be uh, put into the big pressure tanks at Farnborough to determine what caused the crashes. The ones mm. obviously led to find out the, the cracking in the fuselage. What happened was they they worked it out after two fuselages and that this was the third one that they ended up not needing. So it survived and was given to the museum. Um, that's a fun little fact
1: for you. No. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's unique in its own right. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess the, that question sort of borders on very much delves into the territory of what do you find interesting in aviation it's quite a you know as you say it's quite open-ended it's quite an ambiguous one um it also depends uh, people uh, well I don't know if people do get bothered by this or not from museums that I've been to particularly when we both so me and Sam uh pre-lockdown both both was went on holiday to Bucharest in Romania and we went to the As
0: opposed to, as opposed to Bucharest in
1: <laughs> Well Michael Michael Jackson called it Budapest, so
0: That's true. That's true. We learned that on the walking tour.
1: <laughs> um, and we went to the was it the National Aviation Museum? Is that what they call it? The National yeah, Aviation like Museum that. of Romania. I mean they're all
0: they're all, you know, variations on National Aviation Museum, <laughs> National Museum of <laughs> Aviation, State Museum of Aviation, Central yeah. State <laughs> A Museum, Aviation Museum.
1: And th- I mean The majority of the stuff that was there was, it was well kept, but it looks a bit, some of it looks a bit tatty.
0: See, do you know what? I I was hoping we were going to mention this. I love that in museums. That's one of my favourite things about going to museums in Eastern Europe, is everything's a little bit run down. The stuff outside is always in, it tends to be in fairly not always dreadful condition, but can be rough condition. And I love it because photographically it makes things way more interesting. And, and compared with very often they can look artificially pristine in museums. Yeah. Um, particularly when they've got like those solid blue or black painted canopies. See, I hate, and I, hate I know gloss. Why, yeah.
1: I know why they do it. And obviously that's a big feature of going to any museum in the USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's I, i'm sure it's primarily to protect the the cockpit from yeah. glare and damaging yeah and,
0: uh, i've but i've no interest in photographing something like that yeah it i think it looks horrible and and they've often got gloss paint schemes and all that sort of stuff yeah. compared with a little bit of decay and a little bit of wear and tear i think it's so much fun to photograph it makes things just come alive in the picture and yeah, i'm yeah. i love i love museum photography and it's um, it's
1: a whole new it's a whole completely different kettle of fish to shooting at an air show because you inherently get the angles that you can never, ever possibly get. It's
0: funny you say that because actually I was going to say it's exactly like shooting stuff at a static on an air show, which is what I enjoy. Oh, fair enough. Because um, Cause, I have I've, i can't remember if I've ever said it on the on the podcast. I At air shows, I much, much prefer shooting the static to the flying displays these days. I have done for a number of years. Yeah. Because I find this, I, I've always thought there's found there's more opportunity for creativity, and I think that's why I enjoy museums so much. Because there's just so many different angles and takes you can have in a museum.
1: Yeah, I get what you mean there about
0: like- unless your camera gets
1: confiscated at the gate. Oh, God, wasn't that just <laughs> heartbreaking? So, to add context to this, when when me and Sam got there, not without sort of going through our memoirs of a holiday together. um, we got to the like the security office to pay to go in. I think by the time we got there, we were the only people at the museum. and Maybe a couple of other families. Uh, there are a few other people there, but very small numbers. And there was a a private security guard and a Air Force. We, we, so it's yeah, the, it's the Force, like a
0: like, yeah, like a few museums. It was operated and run by the Air Force. Um, so it was a, technically it's an Air Force. It's part of the Air Force Air Force institution. And they basically,
1: well, in very broken Romanian, very broken English, we, we quickly found that we weren't allowed to take our cameras into the museum because of some bizarre rule that. Who was it that was missing? So, Mr. so what, it,
0: what it was, if I remember correctly, it was that the commandant of the museum wasn't in. And if you had brought your cameras in, it had to be by written permission or express permission of the commandant of the museum. Now, I. Still think he thought we were like media or journo types <laughs> and that's why we weren't allowed to bring them in because they thought that's what it was. But it might well be, but what a weird rule. And um,
1: to, to cut a long story short, we had to both leave our camera bags in this little security office, but we were allowed to take photos on our mobile phones. So the only thing, the only sort of photos I've got is some, actually to be fair, the advent of bloody good smartphones has meant that the, the hey, photos yeah, are actually quite good i'm happy with
0: the photos i got on my phone um i mean bloody! they they weren't the photos i would have wanted but they
1: were Um, yeah
0: and that that helped that is that yeah that's something that a lot of people will comment on now is that you can get really good photos on your on your phones particularly in that sort of close in uh you know sort of busy environments where actually the you you don't need any any kind of big zoom on it or anything like that
1: no not no not at all um i mean somewhere like probably a museum in the uk i wouldn't be Particularly bother. I think because we, you know, going out to Romania and it was a big part of the holiday. It was a bit of a oh, bollocks. Can't say my in sort of thing. But it was, it was. To be honest, it was just I've never been anywhere. It's a good museum though. There was some great stuff there. I r ninety
0: threes. Like oh god, there were <sighs> dozen like a dozen MIGs or so.
1: A couple of dozen MIGs. Well, that's it. I mean, for me, I'm not as well travelled as what Sam is, um, but. Standing in a in a field of MiGs... Well, it's not a field, but, like, a, a a big open area full of MiGs was awesome. And various other Cold War jets. Great little so speak So,
0: speaking of Menino... Um...
1: Oh, bollard. <laughs> Go on. Sorry.
0: No, no, I wasn't. I was just saying a f- f- oh, big, right. big old field full of MiGs. Yeah, Menino, innit?
1: So, because, <laughs> so, obviously, I've not been there. Is Menino the same as uh, most others in that... <sighs> majority of the airframes are looking a bit scruffy and a bit tatty and
0: yeah well you've, you've seen my pictures yeah pretty much for the most part i mean there's there's a couple of good accounts actually well one one account in particular for menino menino obviously the central air force museum in moscow i mean or outside moscow if you don't know that then i mean what you do listen to this podcast to be honest <laughs> um a complete mecca of aviation like oh. it is full of completely unique soviet aircraft awesome. that you will not see anywhere else. Most a lot of which are, you know, it's full of things like prototypes and one-off aircraft and completely Stopped. or, or la- last surviving types, huge bombers, a lot of them, transport aircraft you won't see anywhere else or, or might not see anywhere else. Um and and like yeah, a complete I mean it has to be on everyone's bucket list. It, it's unbelievable and it is huge. But most things are in because they're all outside and money is tight in Russia generally mm. yeah it's the things are in a bit of a knackered state in some cases but there there's a good volunteer mu I see if I can find it I might put a link in the description um a account for a, a museum volunteer at Menino. and everything's getting looked after and, and just, you know they they do make work on stuff mm. uh as as they do anywhere else in the world um but I, but, but generally it's mean, generally in good nick so but it's,
1: that sort of... You might have just touched on upon it there. Do you think there's as big a deal in terms of preservation of airframes in countries like Russia? And you've been to, like, Datan Shan in China, which is the big, huge... Museum. Datan
0: Shan is... You've never seen anything like it.
1: The, the, what, the row of was it MiG-17s and... MiG-15s. MiG-15s, sorry. And, and, other,
0: and other aircraft, but it was, like, 20, 30-odd MiG-15s <sighs> in a row. Ridiculous.
1: potty Um, uh, yeah
0: but do you think do you think there's that sort of you know in the uk
1: it's it gets put in the magazines that an aircraft has been restored and been, put you know like the victor at duxford is in in the midst of a very long-term restoration well obviously once that's done that'll be a very big deal do you think in countries like that it's as much of a big deal when they um, so
0: in talking about Specifically about Russia and and the former Soviet Union Warsaw Pact, preservation was always a thing because it was seen as a an educational tool. Preservation in terms of static aircraft and museums and such, not in terms of flying warbirds and and, yeah. and things like that. But most bases have a and had a, a like a you know preserved collection because it was seen as an educational tool for the for for you know personnel. Yeah, because and guess... a lot of places a lot of places had. Preserved airframes in, you know, in towns and
1: like a slight angles, um,
0: like angles. There was a a two two twenty two blinder and a two sixteen in the town, Le- leading up to the base, but in the town, like yeah. just you could walk underneath and around and all that sort of stuff. Um, and there's stuff in Moscow and there's stuff all over the place and the you know a lot of great patriotic war monuments as well will have some aircraft involved and yeah and, and russia is is has tons of aviation museums uh and most warsaw packed places will have big museums poland has a big one obviously and mm. um you know i'm not just going to list all the museums i've been to but they they, <laughs> they well not i've been to the uh poland actually but um for famous Alley in poland i'm keen to go but yeah, so in in that part of the world, preservation was, was important because it was seen as an educational thing. And that has carried on. Um they do make a big deal out of their museums. They are still um you probably saw that the two one four four was moved I can't remember if that was the one that was at Tchaikovsky that was moved to the roundabout or not. Um you might have seen uh it was it was outside Tchaikovsky. Um I can't remember oh. which two one four four it was, but there was a, there was the, the big videos came out about it. If they're moving it out, so it's that, it's that sort of thing. It's yeah. still seen, but I think that's the case in in a, even in Eastern Europe. I remember when Tom Andy and I went on a tour of Italy, um, and it felt like every other roundabout and every other like <laughs> shopping centre or something had a preserved aircraft on it. And like you sp- saw loads of them around
1: Spain's, Spain's very much like, from what Spain saying. as
0: well. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, it's. It, I think, I think it's quite easy to assume that the UK is just the purveyor of restoring and keeping museum pieces, and I'm sure that's not the case. I mean, like you, the UK has a
0: lot, though. Oh the God. UK, uh, I only I mean, going by count, <laughs> um, off a museum, uh, off a website, which I'll I'll gladly shout out now, later, whenever during this podcast, because it is one of my favorite, one of the most useful AV websites I have found. So I think the UK has the most aviation museums in Europe, um, and obviously that's not that's only as I can count them on the website, and it depends on what's being defined as a museum or not, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But as far as I can tell, that's the case. But but we all know that the UK has a big a, a big aviation scene and history and enthusiasm in general.
1: Absolutely, and there's you know we say about going to all these museums abroad. There's still a good chunk of museums that I've still not done in the UK that
0: tons tons I've not been to yeah
1: and you know obviously you've got your big ones you've got Duxford Hendon Cosford um,
0: Fleet Air Arm Museum
1: yeah Fleet Air Arm Museum there's so many though yeah it's really I mean again you don't have masses up in Scotland I mean you've got East Fortune you've got Montrose and you've got Moravia who have just Actually, just got a a Domini from I can't remember where, but they've just got another another new exhibit. But you don't you know, there's not masses up here. Obviously, England's got the the lion's yeah. share of.
0: But I, mean, I think primarily because museums tend to have been aligned with where there were air bases, yeah, um, or or airports, yeah, and there were just there were just more in England, and as a result of both World Wars, that's come about, and
1: yeah. Yeah. Um but I I mean, Christ. The 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 level of growth at places like South Wales Aviation Museums nuts. Like every every couple of months they seem to be doing something new or uh, really? Yeah, like um things that have been moving there, I won't be able to I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Tom Tom would be a good good one for that. Mm. But um I don't know how often like, the places like Duxford tend to want to rejuvenate what they've got as exhibits. I know they're, they're, Newark is actually getting their typhoon. Uh,
0: i sure someone will write in to correct us. Yeah,
1: yeah. as I say, I'm sort of pub chat freestyling here. Um,
0: <coughs> but, well, if you, you don't know off the top of your head, so that's all you can say, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when was the last time that Hendon got something brand new?
0: Um, um What, what was a you... couple of years ago? um But but it depends if you count all this all the switch around between Cosford and Hendon as brand new. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um but there's also very little space in Hendon. You could actually fit something else in. I think I don't think.
1: I, I don't know
0: what else. You can... I tell you what. Speaking of Hendon, you know, I have to rep it because it was a big part of my childhood. I don't like. I I actually did a. a Right up on the forum when it came out, it was the hundred, the hundred years of the RAF exhibition they had there, which I I really don't think is particularly special. Like, no. you know, I I just don't I don't think it it does what it's trying to do very well. Um, for my money, which is ironic because it's obviously a free museum, for my money <laughs> the the First World War in the Air exhibition at Hendon is genuinely one of the best aviation museum exhibitions on the planet. It I really really. Do believe that the presentation, the setting, the space, um, the quality of the exhibits, and educational value of the exhibits in in the exhibition, the way it's laid out, the thought that's put into it, I genuinely think that is one of the best aviation museum uh, features you'll ever see. And I and I I absolutely anyone listening to this who's never been, if if you've ever in you know North London. If you're ever nearby and you get the chance to go to the H- Hendon Museum, honestly, it is the First World War in the exhibit Well, the First World War in the air exhibition is world class. Yeah, it I, genuinely is fantastic.
1: I remember when you took me, and we did sort of the main hangars first. Um, it was before they'd done the RF one hundredth, and then the last one was with the First World War um, exhibit. Oh, it's, yeah, it is genuinely incredible. I think that. As you say, the, the fact of where it is, the actual building itself is yeah, oh, it's
0: beautiful.
1: It's a yeah, lovely building. It is.
0: It, 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 it's, it's set in First World War era building, red brick, wooden you know wooden beams that kind of thing. Yeah, really? and 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 it's there's so much good thought put into it. It's such a fantastic. Like I said, I'm a huge museum fan. Full stop. I would love to work in museums. I tried for a long time actually, to be told. Um, and just just in terms of it being a museum exhibition, it's it's so good.
1: It's um, I, I hate to use the word because it almost sounds a bit cliche, but it's very immersive.
0: Well, it is. I think it is. I I, I think you're right. And 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 there's good thought put into everything in it. Yeah. No, and absolutely. and actually, all the you know even the stuff in the cabinets. I, I I'm not one, generally speaking not one for going in and looking at every single thing in every single cabinet. Um, but I I, I do in that one.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I mean, another not to go down the the garden path of well, what's your favourite museum. Um, I still think um, the FAA museum, the Fleet Air Arm museum at Yeovilton, is one of the best in the country. Um,
0: it is the the carrier experience needs refreshing. It yes, dated it's dated.
1: Um, I mean, the stuff that's actually in that segment of the museum is awesome. Um, it's a shame because yeah, it's, it's very it's very dimly lit in there you're trying to get sort of
0: it's it's a throwback to, it's a... It
1: is. yeah um however you've got the museum which has got the pre-production the concord in it and yeah dirty harry there's Harry. well that's their
0: sort of test flight yeah section I, I, isn't it there
1: is a name given to that hangar, um yeah museum part but um oh god it's be- i love it in that bit i could spend it's, it, i think it's... I,
0: there's tons of good museums. I mean I, I went to Cosford for the first time in the summer and was blown away by the stuff in that. and
1: sure you weren't blown yeah, away there's... by the sick after sorry sure you weren't blown away by the the trunks in the uh, in the toilet after a heavy night of drinking.
0: All right Dan, calm down. <laughs> um yeah, that was that was cracking. And and there's there's so many places in the UK I I want to go. that I, I need to go to. I'm I'm keen to go to Newark actually. Newark's
1: great. Um, yeah, I've been to Newark. Um, again, it's been quite some time, but they've got they've got some brilliant stuff there. Again, maybe nothing that you call unique. Um, you've got your staple selection of you know, you Canberra's, you've got a Lightning Panthers, um, mm. etc. But there's some gorgeous stuff there. Um, the Lightning they repainted a couple of years ago. That looks lovely. Um, they've got a Mig 23 and a Mig 27, which I'm possibly the only ones in the UK. I think. Um don't know. Um and they have got some, you know, special airframes and stuff, but yeah, it's brilliant. I think it's the largest private museum in the UK, actually. Um, Newark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more than sure of it. Um again one that I'm definitely Oh really? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm i think it's that one and then I think possibly the Yorkshire air Museum's after that could be wrong um but yeah it's it's really good again mm. on the site of an old air airfield um i still yeah it's it's very very good
0: so the website we were talking about earlier is called aviationmuseum.eu so that's aviation museum there's no s in it well s at the end there's obviously an s in museum uh, <laughs> um that was awful yeah. Uh, yeah aviationmuseum.au. and and i honestly is one of the most helpful resources i've ever found you go onto it and it lists it's basically a, i'm sure it's not close to exhaustive i'd be amazed if it is but it's an unbelievably comprehensive list of of all the aviation museums in the world and you go onto one and you know it's divided by continent and then divided by country and you go in and and it's got like information and websites and location and th- opening hours but obviously that depends on the information being updated. And then it has a pretty much for, for most places has a a list of every single aircraft at the museum. Um the full type, the registration, I mean it's it is unbelievable how much information there is on there. And I can honestly say for well, first of all in terms of getting back and going through your photos and trying to label them and work out what was it's what. It's dead easy. It's so easy to use this um, because it, it it's just a full list of every everything at a museum, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but in general, it is is an amazing resource to find a museum if you're going somewhere on holiday or looking for somewhere to go on holiday and you think it would be a good one to try and find a good museum to visit as an excuse to go somewhere, which I've... Dan knows full well I'm desperate to go to Belgrade, to go to the Belgrade <laughs> Aviation Museum. I don't know why. Well, the reason, Dan, <laughs> is that there is a po 2 there with the registration YU-CNT, which, if you read it as words, sounds like you... No naughty word. I've I remember seeing this... A picture of YU-CNT oh, years ago. Probably even before I joined UCAR I mean years and years ago, and thought it's very funny because it looks like that plane says U. Um <laughs> and so eventually worked found out where it was, and it's in this the the National Aviation Museum, in Belgrade, in this weird looking building. Uh, it's, even the the building itself is just
1: is about to say the building itself is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre, and then I finally got around to having a look at on the aviation museum aviation and the collection they have there is. I mean mouth watering the amount of just Yugoslavian stuff in there and and why you dash obviously the jewel of the collection um <laughs> you know they've got yugoslavian hurricane yeah um, so
1: awesome. and
0: sabres and areo and all these like Yugoslavian domestic types that you've never even heard of, let alone seen um yes, yeah, so I'm desperate to go to that, and i found and that's pretty much off the back of the website and i've I've been on holiday places. And seen, had a look up on on, the, on this site, um, and yeah, it, it, it's I, I, I genuinely highly recommend it if, if you're an aviation fan and you never heard of this website. Honestly, it's 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 invaluable. Well, and I, I just a generally big shout out to it. There's no, as far as I can see, there's no like donate button or anything on. it. I've, no, to, I've
1: never found one.
0: No, I'd love to contribute because I I found it in you know immeasurably useful. Well, me, so... just just before me and Sam started recording
1: this podcast, we were looking, we we're hoping to yeah. go to the Belgian Grand Prix next year, and then hmm. hopefully do a few. AVs. There's no hope.
0: There's no hoping, Dan. We've got the ticket. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, we're going to invade the track, even if it's <laughs> what whilst the cars are on. Yeah. All right. Oh, they're the best drivers in the world, Dan. They should know how to dodge people.
1: <laughs> You'd like to hope. So. Well, I'm not sure about. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to say that. I might upset. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah. Um, but we. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking at, um, Sam, how do you say it? I can't say, I'm not going to even attempt to say it.
0: Flugastelung. That one. Um, Which, P-g- I mean, you. I'm not making any claims to pronouncing that properly. <laughs>
1: do a damn sight better job than what I could. Um, and we we were, so we were doing, hoping to do Sinsheim and Speyer, and then this one. Sinsheim. S- sorry, Sinsheim. Um, no, 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 no. Sinsheim. Right, Sinsheim, there we go um and you know i i could, kind of forgotten that we were talking about it i've gone through i went on the web uh, EU looked at it I was like holy crap the list sort of yeah extensive i think is the word you're
0: looking for yeah i've actually got an entry on there funny enough have you yeah what, not not what um flewgaulung obviously um, in uh, if you go to moldova and look at tiraspol i'm doing this oh god hang on
1: moldova oh okay <laughs>
0: Yeah, Mike, it's got your name on it. It has my name on it. Oh wow. No <laughs> Um That's I good. And I and I think I've made a I think I've made another contribution elsewhere, I can't remember. Um or updated something. The only thing it doesn't list or, or is inconsistent in listing is like preserved airframes. Um, like, like on on polls, you know, and on, on, in random places in villages and stuff like that. I'd but
1: I'd say the only other sort of caveat you've got to apply to the website is, as we found out when we went to Bucharest, is it's hard to tell what is currently being restored as well. I.e., not on public display and potentially being worked on.
0: Yeah, I mean you have to rely on 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 the info being current. Yeah. And, in date, of course. I mean, I have no idea how long ago. And I suppose the thing with museums is they their inventory lists rarely change. Yeah. Um But yeah, the, you, you don't know how long ago these were added and all of that. But it's uh, just, the last few years. And, and sometimes, if I'm bored, I'll just start scrolling through and looking where's a cool <laughs> museum. Well, we were looking at Honduras the other day, the Honduran Tegucigalpa Museum.
1: Yeah, I think you need to pl- and- you need to plug your uh, soccer war memorial flight again,
0: just in case anyone else is listening that. Yeah, like I'm. Ha- I'm happy to. I'm happy to re- record something for Ian to insert in the middle of every episode, <laughs> like 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 a sponsor, but for a com- but for a thing that doesn't exist yet. Well, I thought you were going to say like some subliminal messaging, but it's hard to do on a podcast. That yeah, the football war memorial flight. St- I'm still keen. I- I'm genuinely. It's not a joke at all. I'm that's absolutely serious. Anyway, in at Tegucigalpa in the Honduran Aviation Museum, they have an actual football war veteran Corsair flying. Yeah. I which on just I mean that, that became a new dream of mine to see. Like, I was looking up flights to Honduras.
1: <laughs> it's one that's genuinely what's something you want to rant and rave about. It's the last piston powered aircraft to have ever got an air to air kill. And that is that Which thing. is awesome. And it is that airframe and it's as far as I can find, alright, oh, the information's maybe about 18 months out of date, it still flies, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone wants to sponsor a flight
0: to Honduras so I can go see well, this. get Or on or it. if any if anyone who owns a Corsair <laughs> or and Mustang. or a Mustang is listening and likes the idea of doing something different, something <laughs> unique, um and something with with just a, a lot of goddamn character behind it, <laughs> get in touch. Um Football War Memorial flight. And a and a C47 obviously with bomb racks, that that'll do as well. Chuck um, in a couple of T six Texans and T Oh, mate the, the amount of the, the actual stuff that flew in the football war is awesome. Oh, it's T sixes, T twenty eights. I mean that that could be an uh, that could be a, a stable for for the ages. I mean, <laughs> would you
1: if you were doing a piece at an air show, would you have a chap in the back of a DC three rolling bombs out the back door, and then
0: some were they out the back door? I thought I thought they put bombs on the on. Now,
1: I thought they rolled them out of the back door.
0: I'll have to look that up. I'm sure I read that they were mounted on stuff, but you could, um, you know. Let's make this
1: happen. Let's make this happen. We've seen enough Battle of Britain segments. Set, set pieces. Now let's have something a bit different. And,
0: and this this definitely isn't the episode to talk about it, but there is also my my warbird stable in general. Oh, for God's sake! With Spitfires, well, with flames down the side. You could, and...
1: uh, you could incorporate into a museum. A bit like Kermit. It would be, be the seed got a
0: museum and fly stuff. So it, it, the football war memorial flight would be the seed from which my warbird stable grows. Of everything painted in anything but the obvious paint scheme, so there'd be no RAF marked Spitfires.
1: So you'd have a Lancaster in... What was it? Soviet Air Force markings.
0: Soviet Air Force. Uh, Yeah, or... But it would be stuff like a B-17 in Guatemalan colours, or whatever it was. There was a Central Central American operator of B-17s for a while. Um, As far as I'm aware. And... um, (laughs) Um... <laughs> <laughs> um. so it would be things like that like Sudanese uh, Somali Mustangs Ooh. and you know all, all that sort of stuff um, anyway museums yeah
1: now you sort of we, we mentioned it sort of a bit earlier on and, again, this is probably an open-ended question. What makes or what's a poor aspect of an aviation museum, do you think? When when you, in terms of you go somewhere and go, hmm, really that keen on that? Or uh, have you ever, well, first of all, have you ever experienced that? And two,
0: what is it? I, I was thinking this earlier, specifically in advance of this podcast, and I was going to ask you the same question, funnily enough. Mm but is there such a thing as a bad museum and i was thinking about this and i my gut feeling wait museum in general or aviation museums in general and, and aviation and my feeling is that no i think a museum is inherently a passion a a a labor of passion and that will always show through in a museum no matter what it is mm. because to start it to work on it to to build on it requires a lot of love a lot of passion a lot of time put in by people who who want to put this on display and i think it's very it would be very hard for that not to be visible Mm. and i think that no matter the size of the museum no matter what's in it that will come through 99 times out of 100 and i've never experienced anywhere that has been dire i've never been to a like a bad museum one that i've thought that that, like it was just it's bad and i I don't know and i wouldn't know what a bad aviation museum would be no um you know i mean airframes just like properly clearly aren't being taken care of but that would have to be through genuinely not caring about them and i don't think there would be a museum if that wasn't the case they'd just be you know like that ill 28 we saw just be sat in a field like clearly not being cared for and that that and and while that had a value of its own with the, you know, photographically and what it looked like and all, you know, if you if that was to be a museum, that would have been a terrible museum. Yeah. Do you know? Um, I've been to museums that were, you know, there's not too much inspiring about them. The one that you probably guessed that I would say, I think you've asked me this before, was, is, was Minsk? Yeah, I remember you saying that. Um,
1: yeah, I thought that might.
0: And that's <sighs> probably being harsh on it. And it might have been coloured by her. Uh, just a I went to Minsk. God, you know it was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. It's it 2019. It was last year, early last year. It feels like years ago. I always think I went to Minsk years ago. It was last year. Um, try to blank it from my memory, that's why. <laughs> I, I, I had I went to Minsk last year. I had a fairly rubbish time just for reasons that weren't really Minsk's fault. Um, and that probably reflected on the museum a bit. And it was the collection itself was fine. And I say that with a bit of Reservation because it was things like Su-25s and they had a MiG-25 UB or whatever the trainer variant is, uh, the two-seater, and they had a line of MiGs and they had, you know, an AN-12. Um, or was it an AN-10? Um, and, but it was things like, you know, they had Yak-40s and you could see the engines were missing and things looked a little bit like They'd had just random paint jobs applied with random markings yeah. and all that sort of stuff. M- maybe they weren't, but they kind of looked like it. And it wasn't that it was a bad museum, but it was just there was nothing that, and the setting as well was a bit pants. Um And yeah, that wasn't the best museum I've been to, and yet of all the, and and but generally speaking, it just wasn't anything I'd not seen before, except. Randomly, and it was at the back of the museum. Like it wasn't a star exhibit or anything. It was a Belarusian, domestically designed, back in the nineties or in uh, hmm. sort of uh, early two thousands. this Narush Narushevich ring? N- N- I can't fucking say it. Narushevich, Narushevich ring wing, ring wing ring wing sound like benedict come about saying penguin um <laughs> Narushevich w- ring fucking <laughs> narusha w- ring wing and it's literally just this very rubbish looking plane but it, <laughs> the, it, it's it, well it's just a it looks like a, a kit build um but its wings are a ring. It's almost, its like a biplane if the wings were curved and met each other at the sides. It's hard, I'll put—I might put a, li- a picture of it, a link to a picture of it in the description. Narushovich ring wing, and <laughs> absolutely out of nowhere, you—you you, you go to the back of the museum and suddenly there's this baffling-looking plane that just looks so dumb. And apparently it was massively underpowered and flew like dog, um, but it flew and it was a Belarusian domestically designed plane. It didn't go anywhere, obviously. <laughs> um, apart from into the museum. Apart from into the museum. But how about that? You're not going to see that anywhere else in the world. I mean, I've seen your
1: photo. I mean, I've, I've just typed the regin of it now. Um, it's sort of, yeah. Probably it,
0: even been saying it wrong this whole time. It
1: looks like a, a Yak-52 that has crashed into the top of an air conditioning unit and sort of taken it with it. It's a hideous looking, I mean, it's bright orange and silver. I'm sure, as you say, Sam will will include a photo of it or a link to a photo of it. It's just a weird a looking plane. Thing.
0: It's just genuinely baffling. Um, it's not even like a Yak fifty two, is it? It's like a. It, 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 it's very much its own thing.
1: Yeah, it's got. I mean, like you've got a radial engine, and, and that's about it. That's. Oh, it's just yeah. Right, right next to an L fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I should. do. I mean, like to be honest. So you say that, and funnily enough, I've I've just used Aviation Museum again to sort of look at the list of stuff on it. I'd find it quite an an interesting list but then again i've then found a few photos and yeah god some of it
0: looks a bit tired it's just like i said yeah tired is a good way of putting it uninspired maybe and i'm probably being harsh on it it's a decent collection not all of it is in bad condition at all actually to to give it credit um and there is some decent stuff there like i said they've got this the mig 25 pu is what it is looks awesome how about that great looking um yeah, and they've got they've got a decent collection there, but it, for the most part, wasn't anything I hadn't seen before, um, and that maybe played a part of it. Except for the Wing. ringwing, um, you just love saying it now, don't you? Well, I know what it's called, Dan. I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, you yeah, know, they've got a Yak twenty-eight and stuff like that. Yeah, and okay, but but also that was a lot of the same stuff I've seen in three or four other museums, and that's not to brag, but I'm just just trying to explain that. Yeah it's uh, it's an intro i mean but i don't think i've been to a bad museum
1: no and i don't think i mean i've been to museums where particularly one in the uk where the airframes have been in varying states of i'm not going to say disrepair because you could clearly see that they were doing work on them and that's the, yeah. that that's the sort of saving grace of it if you if if you want to coin a term is that you could clearly see that the airframes were loved and they were yeah. wanting to do something to them. It's just they're not complete airframes. Um, I think... I don't mind not shooting complete airframes. I, think, I don't know whether people who go to aviation museums see an incomplete... Or like a no section, sorry, or a fuselage and go... just F- Funny it. enough, for the mo- most part, I wouldn't. I think it depends what it is. I think it really depends if it's something like a canberra nose or a a hunter nose then it's a bit like oh, okay um if it's something a little bit different then it's pa- but then it's like helicopters without rotor blades on them do you class that as incomplete i mean like you get if you go to the I, I would meeting,
0: photograph it but i wouldn't love it i wouldn't it's not what I would want. No. And I, but things like that is where museums shine because you can get different angles on it and you can zoom in on details and you can, um, get a different take on an aircraft that doesn't necessarily, you know, isn't a side on or isn't a full aircraft shot. Yeah. Um, and, and there's always sort of like, you can look for maybe not patterns, but, you know, patterns or things going on or recurring th- things or, um, just, just, scenes and stories and frames in museums yeah. that 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 make it worth shooting. I and, and, and that I, I that I love when I go to any museum.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, no, I I, I get that. Um I mean obviously no section the nose sections are inherently something more commonplace with larger airframes that just don't fit in I see I love I love seeing a large airframe. When you go to a museum, so I'm trying to think if you go to somewhere like Duxford and you've it, actually, yeah, Duxford's a great example.
0: And you've got Duxford, Duxford, Duxford is a fantastic museum. It is. Um, Duxford is one of the best aviation museums on the planet.
1: It, it is brilliant. I love, I, I can happily go back to Duxford time and time again. I could, well, yeah. I've, I've flown to Duxford a couple of times when I used to, you flew me there. I did. Um, I happily, you get, so for anyone that's, you nearly killed me. Shut up. Um, it was it was just a sporty wing over. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: for anyone listening to this, a that, spicy wing over, yeah, <laughs> spi- <coughs> spicy like a Fraser, yeah. Um, a spicy bank. <laughs> <laughs> um, for anyone listening to this that has a PPL and didn't know, you can you can go to Duxford and for as part of your landing fee, you can have two hours in the museum for free. I think it's two hours. Is it three? Hours? No, I'm sure it's two hours. Um, how they check you've been in there for two hours, I'm not quite sure. And
0: I mean, one would assume from when you shut the aircraft down to when you call up again. Yeah, I mean, it's a very I, easy thing to I, time. I'm, down. I'm pretty sure that we were there for. Not- how, how much they care is another matter.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we weren't there for just two
0: hours. Um, but- well, actually, I tell you what they did do was they um, waived your landing fee you when you dropped me back off. They
1: did. It did. They probably saw what I was up to on the northern part of the airfield. and am like, i will just try and get rid of him. But quite that's
0: quickly. that's the thing with Duxford is that the museum and the airfield are as one. completely intertwined. Yeah. Where, whereas a lot of you, there are a lot of airfields with museums on them, but that that aren't related. Whereas Duxford and the museum, uh, the airfield and the museum are just very much the same entity. To indeed, to, yeah, which yeah.
1: which I came to found. Um, so going back to the Yorkshire Air Museum, the airfield at Elvington, and. Uh, it's it's disused, but it's owned by somebody. It is completely separated to the Yorkshire Air Museum. Mm. Um, but oh shit! Buddy's chewing the wallpaper.
0: One sec, buddy, stop chewing the wallpaper. <laughs> Get off. That's my job.
1: Get off. Get, no.
0: <laughs> buddy, stop chewing the wallpaper. That's that's my thing.
1: <laughs> I'm saving that for later, <laughs>
0: Save it for me. <laughs>
1: I want some. Um, no, don't chew the Ethernet cable.
0: Stop it. It's all right. You've got five others.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm using all five now. Um, <laughs> That's why I'm coming through in uh, ultra HD. No, no wonder I'm seeing you as
0: just a, a ball of sentient energy.
1: <laughs> um, no, so going to Duxford, and I love the Airline row because you've got the VC tent. You've mm. got lots of nice big airframes. And again, you can mm. get some lovely different angles on stuff that... <laughs> that um, but otherwise you'd struggle. I mean, large airframes in museum, like inside, on the other hand, are uh, a pain in the ass. But again, you can sort of get unique angle I mean, Cosford's a good example of that because you've got the one hangar which has got the Vulcan, the Victor, and the Valiant all together. Yeah, and it's nine impossible to get a picture of a full a full
0: yeah. f- airframe photo of any of them. But uh, well, b- see, see, this is what this is um, what Manina sets Menino apart from a lot of them. And I'm very keen to go to a lot of museums in the US. I've never done an tour to the US. So I, you know, we'll, we'll concede that. I know there's places like it over there. That's what sets Menino apart from a lot of us is the size of it. Oh, and yeah. the, the, the you, you can get a sense of all the large aircraft and, you know, the, the, the bears, but they've got the M50 and the, the, the T10, um, you know, the Sukhoi bomber um, and, and rows of bombers. Mm. And that's what, really um, that's why Menino is so good is that it's, it's the, it is it's is the size of it and the scale of it Yeah,
1: and a lot of museums are restricted to how much space they have and we, we've spoken about when these when the BA 747s retire in the UK mm. there are only so many places that you can put something mm. like that because they're just so damn big mm. um, which is a shame because I like larger air, large weird thing to say,
0: but um, you know, large airframes have like their own presence. Planes, and I can't, I can't. <laughs> um, planes I would, I'd quite like. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if one of them went over to somewhere in America because the you know huge, famous transatlantic route.
1: Yeah, and it, and it would be an appropriate place to put one. That's another thing
0: people are going to write. Oh, the Bo 747s I've... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the
1: podcast
0: um, that's, that's where someone else is going to... As, again, as someone who knows nothing about civil aviation, that's where someone's going to go, commercial aviation, someone's going to write in and say, well, actually, the BA-747s never did transatlantic routes. They only flew over. I'm sure I'm going to get... No, don't worry. They did transatlantic routes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yes, right. I used to fly commercial planes, don't you know? <laughs> um, before we wrap up, I'm, I'm happy to talk about when I was volunteering yeah, at a museum yeah, yeah. because I... I to, 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 to cut a long story short basically when I, I was out of work in 2017 and i was right around the corner well i mean i was literally right around the corner from the RAF hendon museum um but i actually didn't i, I knew i wanted to volunteer at a museum while i wasn't working um just because you know something to do and i kind of didn't want to with, with nothing against the RAF museum at all I kind of didn't want to volunteer there. I kind of wanted to volunteer somewhere smaller where I knew my input would be would have a larger contribution and be slightly less of a corporate feel. Not that the RAF is a corporate RAF museum has a corporate mm. feel, but you know yeah. what I mean. Um and the De Havilland Museum is right around the corner from where I was living at the time. So I volunteered there for the better part of a year, I've volunteered infrequently. I'll be honest, I, I, and simply because obviously a lot of the time I was yeah. looking for work and, and all of that, I didn't have that much time to put in. But I maybe volunteered there three or four times a month, maybe a bit more, um, if my memory serves. And I can highly recommend it if you've got the time, even if it's a couple of days a month. I it was f- so interesting, learn not only learning about the aircraft at the museum to be able to talk about it, but Meeting people and educating them and talking about the aircraft to them, and you met people who were involved with the aircraft that you were you were talking about. I'm one of the most interesting people I ever met was while I was doing this volunteering, and he was a guy. I was on board the museum's on board. I was I was inside the museum's BAE one four six, and the guy comes on. It's an old older guy, and I think he was with his. St- his son or son-in-law and his grandson, and he comes on and he sits down and we start talking, and I'm, I'm just talking to this guy and he he loves, he, he he clearly loves his old airliners and we get talking and I actually ended up showing him my photos of the the North Korean airliners because would actually obviously not have been that long, yeah that would would have been the year after I went to to Wonsan, yeah. So we started and I started showing him he, was, he, he loved them because you know the old Il 62s and all that turned out that this guy was an old engineer on Concords. Oh, right um but but in the in the the from the factory so he was a, a um you know factory engineer mm. and he used to fly on them on, on test flights and and you know um check checkup flights and all that sort of stuff and apparently his his son or son-in-law whoever it was was telling me that at his house he's got all this Concorde memorabilia <laughs> and stuff and yeah and, and and just ended up chatting with this guy for about an hour just about old airliners and about his time with Concord and stuff like that. And, and there, there were perks to it. You learn a lot. You get to go places that the, the public can't yeah. go, like behind the scenes. I mean, I poked my head inside the mosquito prototype a few times, which was cool and very cool, in fact. Um, and You get to move things around and get your hands dirty and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I, yeah I had a really good time. I loved that. That was great fun.
1: It's something I've I've considered, um, particularly since losing my job at Flybee um just to sort of keep that aviation link going is volunteering at the national aviation museum of scotland um Mm. just just you know because it'd be an interesting thing to do and Mm. as you say it'd be nice to sort of i'm not saying that i'm sort of an encyclopedic knowledge of all things aviation but just to get hands on with aircraft and you know pass Mm. it on to other people that are of a you know, like-minded individual or not, as the case may be, people learning about aviation. Well, that's it. is is it,
0: it is a it is a big mix of people who are just there to occupy their kids, yeah, and big aviation fans like us, yeah. Absolutely. And it is equally interesting to meet both, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's a, if if you want anything and, to do in aviation, bloody volunteer. But well, what well, this is the thing is, is is that is one of the, the most that's sound too cliche one of the joys of doing it is you can make it interesting for people who aren't necessarily that well up on it or um, or or enthusiastic about aircraft you can you can still bring it to life for them and actually explain to them why it's interesting and why the museum is what it is and what they're doing and yeah absolutely 100% I think that's a good way to wrap up I think well yeah alright um nothing, nothing else you want to say about museums um
1: just, uh, I want to go to one soon because it's been. Mm. It's, I haven't been to one since January, so. Yeah, yes, man. please. I'd like to go to the museum soon. That'd be nice.
0: Well, if you can hold on till August. Oh, sure, <laughs> I can. Um, well, I hope that's been interesting. I mean, if you're if you're listening and you, I mean, if if you volunteer at a museum or you work at a museum, get in touch. We'd probably love to hear from you. It'd be great to get someone um involved in a museum on uh i actually think i might get in touch with the dh museum and speak to them about it um but bf if you're involved in a museum and you're listening and you you, you'd like to to tell us about something going on with you or how things are going on but actually if you'd like to chat about how this last year has been and what it's been like for people in the museum industry i think that would be quite fascinating Get in touch. Um, we're on all the social medias at UK Airshow Review. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I know those aren't actually all the social medias, but I mean, I'd be damned if we're joining TikTok. Um, <laughs> if you want to read our um, aviation reviews, features, articles, including, in fact, a, uh, a review of Gifu, um, me. <sighs>
1: Oh god, this is this is even harder to say than
0: the Ring Wing. Gifu Kakamigahara Museum <laughs> um in Japan that I did when I went there last year. Which was fantastic and has the world's only KI61 here. Yeah. Um Yeah. And the the uh the XT two C C D. Kakamigahara. Um the, uh, including the world's only uh, surviving KI sixty one hean uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff, then check that out at airshows.co.uk. dot uk. And you can join the forums forums.airshows.co.uk. dot uk. Uh getting pretty close to Christmas, Dan, what are you what are you doing aviation wise over Christmas? Um I'm actually you getting your secret Santa's ready? I'm actually going to Vienna.
1: Um to, oh, to nice. go and do a sim renewal for my dash eight type rating hopefully or all being well wait really yeah um so my license is coming up for renewal and i might as well try and stay current on the type that i know and love quite well so um there's <laughs> there's there's one sim in the uk but um i'm hoping to go to it's a uh, Lufthansa aviation training and hopefully head out there and Fingers crossed I can still remember how to lam- land the damn thing without mm. um, crashing it. So yeah that that is my that is my Christmas basically. Oh fingers crossed. So. Yeah. Um, how about yourself? <laughs> it's hard to do I forget you're living in England. <laughs>
0: um, yeah I, I don't know. It, it all depends on a lot doesn't it? It'd be nice to get to go to a museum or something if things open up. If they don't Probably make some models. I'm still planning on doing these two People's Republic of Spain Su nine and Su eleven. Of course, yeah. Which I still haven't done. When I moved to this new flat, uh, I haven't got the space here to to do any modelling. So that's that was a bit of a shame. Yeah. They were the last two I had left after I did my uh, Zambian Air Force <laughs> Su nine. Um, yeah, but it would be nice to see something. I doubt I'm going to get away with a new year, but we'll see. Yeah.
1: I think model ma- model making over Christmas and New Year is going to be a, b- a big one on a lot of people's
0: list. Oh, yeah, man. Can't wait. Tuck up. Whack some uh, classic uh, Grand Prix on F1 TV and smash some models. Not, Not literally. literally. That'd be a waste. Um, well, see you for another episode. Goodbye. Bye.